Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. 30 years ago today, I just got home from Sheffield. I was one of the lucky ones. But what I saw that day will stay with me forever. Whatever your thoughts and whatever team you support, no one should ever go to a football match and lose their life. So tonight we remember those 96 Liverpool supporters who didn't return home. This is Radio New York Sport. And the local headlines from the weekend. Collingham under-18s are the Lincolnshire County champions. After beating Lincoln United 2-0, Fraser Cook and Tyler Coy scoring the match-winning goals. Paul Hyde on the story of an interesting match coming right up. Newark Flow Serve. Completely changed their back four. Welcome back Danny Meadows and produce an impressive performance to beat Belper. 2-0. As Radio Newark Sport ventured into deepest Derbyshire, Blair Anderson and our man Danny Meadows scoring the goals. Shearwood won by a single goal at West Bridgeford, so the gap between second and third remains four points with three matches left. Leaders Selson had a day off, and they keep that four-point cushion at the top of the table. Collingham's chances of finishing runners-up in the Central Midlands North disappeared when Clay Cross won at Dinnington. Still, third place ain't at all bad for Paul Hyde's youngsters. While Newark Town lost by the odd goal in five at Station Road against Stronfield. But really, it's all about next season for Newark. And that tricks for Edmonton and Tyler Martin helped flow serve reserves to a 7-2 victory over Clifton. Two victories from their remaining three matches and they are Senior League Division 2 champions. Newark Rugby Club ended their season with a disappointing 47-27 defeated already relegated Ashby. Three weeks off now before a big cup final. And Collingham Cricket Club got a winning start in their first pre-season friendly at Hartstone Park. Bowling the host out for 120 before scoring the best part of 200. In reply, skipper Oliver Dyson hit a fine 61 but was outshone by new signing Harry Webster on his first team debut with what they say is a delightful 88 and guess who took the first wicket of the match? Our very own David Pipes and guess who's coming in on Wednesday? You've got it, Pipes 8. Mr Smith, Hillsborough. Uh, Hillsborough, yeah. It's, um, isn't it incredible that it's 30 years ago? It, uh, it seems like yesterday to me, and um, you know it was uh, another horrific day in in, in, in English football history. Um, but fortunately, we learnt so much from it, and um, there's no doubt that ground safety has improved as a result of that disaster, as hopefully it has from the Heysel disaster, as hopefully it has from the Bradford City disaster. But um, you know, it's, it's certainly. 
when the problems are being discussed about football and pitch invaders and whatever is the vogue these days, every time the question of fences returning to our football stadiums, surely the memories of Hillsborough will forever make that a no-no. We actually mentioned fences last week, didn't we, when mm. we discussed um, what was the way forward? Or backwards, I like, as I, the question may be. I liked your idea of moats. I think that could be fun with uh, supporters having a few beers in them. But, crocodiles uh, or alligators? Crocodiles, preferably. Yeah, because okay. yeah. um, the um, <clears throat> moats is, is not a bad suggestion, but... Surely we will never, ever return to fences after the the memories of 30 years ago are still so vivid in everybody's minds. That's why we can't return to fences, but somebody has got to stop people going on to football pitches, and I don't know how it's going to be done. I'm not that clever, but somebody really has got to, to stop them. But we cannot, we cannot ever have a repeat of what happened on that day. No, it's, um, everybody has got an opinion, whatever your opinion about it is, you can't take away the sheer horror of those families who had to go to the gymnasium um, at, at, at Sheffield Wednesday's ground and uh, sort of wit wit witness things that you never, ever want to witness as a human being. It was horrendous. Two everlasting memories really one was it's the first time i'd actually seen a dead person yeah and those carrying them off on the boards and, and doors covered and it was realization when you're sort of standing on the copper forest at the forest end and it, it it the realization dawned and then they let you out of the ground and it was in the days obviously before mobile phones mm. um and trying to find a phone box in Sheffield to ring home was was an absolute not mix everybody was trying to ring home you know sharon bless her was in complete despair because liverpool played in red and she knew forest played in red you know she didn't put two and two together and listen properly but you don't do you no. um and i think it was nearly five o'clock when one of us finally got a phone and said right ring round and say we are all right as i said we was the lucky ones yeah um and that phone call was a phone call to say we was all right it wasn't the awful phone call to say something different yeah there's been uh, some tremendous documentaries made about the uh, that that day which are always well worth a watch and then because things like that put football thing but a football matters in, into perspective um but as i said they if out of uh, dis disastrous occasions some good comes then, then i think that's you know we, we 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 have got the stadiums today because of because of that because 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 of what's happened in the past yeah. and then if football can learn from its mistakes then, then that can only be a good thing, and let's hope that that in itself is a tribute to the uh, to the ninety six. Tony, would you like to um, yeah see if you can find Mister Hyde for us? I went to the um, Lincolnshire 
under 18's county cup final yesterday and it was a cracking match and if there ever was anything called smash and grab it was Collingham who got away with it yesterday because have you seen the pictures on social media of the dressing room scenes afterwards um, I was invited in there, but I'm not taking my camera in there. <laughs> no, it's, it's the, 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 the dressing room scenes with Paul Hyde yes. conducting the choir are, 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 oh, well worth, are well worth watching. Well worth looking at. So, anyway, we're going to try and get older Paul Hyde, and uh, he's going to tell us exactly what he thought. Um, while I tell you that tomorrow night we've got Professor Peter Davis, MBE, coming in. And, of course, if Peter comes in, we're going to be talking about the Newark Half Marathon. Um, it's on Saturday morning. If you look on our social media pages, the Newark Half Marathon gang was all out in force at the Park Run, giving out um, checks, no less. They didn't give me one, but um, they gave them to the great and the good, and that was absolutely wonderful from last year's event. And um, it's lovely to see that our local charities um, and running clubs gaining out of whatever out, out, out of the newark half mile so, so we're going to talk about that and we're going to look forward to the next um newark half marathon which is on august the 11th by all accounts and we look forward to that and it looks like he's uh got just a quick one to say that on wednesday night because the sun's shining and everything's looking rosy out out there and it's getting warmer david pikes is coming out of hibernation and coming over to newark to have a chat to us but talking of uh people having a chat to us um mr paul hyde who apparently was conductor of ceremonies when it comes to the um after match communal singing in the dressing room yesterday um joins us um paul a great day in the history of collingham football club but uh, even the most biased collingham supporter will go oh did we really deserve to win that match but that's football for you Steady on me. <laughs> Get carried away. <laughs> Come on then, tell us. Um, Not far enough. It was a. It was a first half. I thought it was the first half of two teams that knew each other almost too well. Yeah, well, they, they will do the amount of time <laughs> yeah. they played each other. You know, it was only last Wednesday when you were down there watching us to put five or six past them. You know, but uh, yeah, I think that's that's right. What you've said. Um, um, finals are often tight and boring games, aren't they? You know, and uh, I think the nerves um, set in for one of the things, and uh, we didn't play as well as we as we could do. And they played well, wanted it more, and apart from our keeper uh, being, you know, uh, Superman yesterday, <laughs> well, we want to win the game. You know, like I think, like I said to you afterwards, I thought he did very well keeping goal in front of two teams <laughs> yeah, I, you know he was saving our end and, uh, you know great great uh, uh, performance from him well you lost your centre off in, in, in the first half didn't you know, I'd say you lost your centre off you, you lost your central Midlands centre off that's how good the lad is he's out for the season now yeah um, you know he's he is a a quality young lad who's playing step seven adult football so that was a big although the young lad that came on and replaced him I thought had a decent game but you know that put you on the back foot a little bit well so, I mean their manager was saying you know keep the ball away from Sam you know stop knocking it down the field and because he just won every header didn't he yeah to, to be fair uh, and as soon as he came off it, it, it did change a bit uh, but yeah if you took the stats of, of shots on goal then they were in front of us on that I think Desire they were in front of us on that 
and we're unlucky if we're unlucky not to win the, the game. They, di uh, they didn't put the ball in the net and that brings us to a certain Lewis Cox who for an under 18 must be 6 foot something tall <laughs> looks very nice dressed in pink um, yeah. and had the game of his young life poor didn't he, he, he I mean he, he smashed himself against a post at one stage and I thought he was going to have to come off making make an absolutely miraculous save he thought he was coming off till we told him he wasn't <laughs> <laughs> You've, you've seen it in the past, I've seen it in the past, when a keeper has one of those games. And thankfully, <coughs> he had one of those games. Yeah, I mean, people say, you know, we didn't deserve it, and we didn't this, didn't that. He kept us in it, definitely. I mean, after we got the first goal, they were coming like the Red Arrows, weren't they? Wave after wave after wave. Corners, free kicks, shots, all the time. So... You know, but like I said, what we did do better than them, we scored two goals. Exactly. And uh, when you got your chances, and there's few and far between in the second half, when you got the chances, first of all, the header from Fraser Cook. Yeah, he plays in the first team with us. Good player. Good player, not at his best yesterday. I had a word with him at half-time. said, come on, Fraser, come and get me a goal. No, you can do it. And I did the same with Joe Roughton, the lad who played outside uh, on the left. He didn't, he didn't come up to standard to what he is, you know. He, he's a, a good player. Um, and I think nerves are at him a bit. Certainly, occasion, Tyler Coy knocked, knocked the second. Yeah. I won't say at the death, but near enough at the death. And, that, and that, that was it. We could start to actually breathe quite easily then for a couple of minutes. Well, he never had, they never got a ball in to feet first half. Everything to him. He's got his back to goal, nothing down the channels to run to. And, and that's where we weren't playing our normal football, you know, because we do play that way, uh, where we get forward. But when we, and down in, inside the uh, centre-half and the full-back. But when, when, you know, when you think about it, Paul, you know, the Lincolnshire County champion, so you've got Lincoln yeah. United, you've got Gainsbury, you've got Cleethorpes, you've got Grimsby Borough, yeah. um, Spalding, Sleaford, all massive, great big clubs. Well, I think and Collingham win it. Dean said afterwards, he said, all right, we probably didn't deserve to win that game, <laughs> but we deserve to win the cup because of the clubs that we beat on the way sort of thing, you know. Um, so we did win anyway, didn't we? You did. And uh, uh, can I assume the celebrations went on well into the afternoon and evening? Well, I, did, I went into the dressing room afterwards uh, and we had sweet Caroline, obviously, <laughs> flaring out. Uh, and then I left and came home, mate, so I, did, I didn't go into the club, no. You, you, um, you left them to it, which is, which is how it should be. Let them enjoy it. Yeah, that's right. I think it did go on uh, later on, yeah, so, as it should do. So it should. Remembering, of course, we're all under 18, so there's no alcohol at all consumed. Oh, no, I wouldn't have thought so. No, no, not at all. It was orange juice all afternoon. Yes. And that's how it should be. <laughs> Paul, absolutely. And two more cup finals for them to come as well, isn't they? Yeah. But this was the big one. Well, I'm Dean's away now on holiday tomorrow, so I'm going to Scotter tomorrow night to play Scone. We play Scotter. And Scotter, the team that can't actually find Collingham. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> we're... we're We've got to win all our games to get the five things that we're still in, really. Well, four now, should yeah. say. If anybody's 
will do it. That lot will do it. Uh, congratulations to everybody at Collingham Paul. A fantastic, really enjoyed my morning watching that. Uh, a fantastic performance, and uh, well done to you all. <laughs> I want to dress it up as a fantastic performance, but... Anybody that wins the County Cup, it's not just on one game, you've got to get there, and then you've got to grind it out. Sometimes, it's a fantastic performance, because it's 11 people on that field, and one of them was that goalkeeper. And one's as good as 10, mate. Exactly. In the Cup, all the time. Exactly. All right, well, thank you for your kind words, and uh, I did give my... uh, Word to you that it was all right for you to take my photo, didn't you? You did, Paul, and I, I, I thank you so much for that. Hoping you enjoyed that. Where is that photograph going to be, by the way? All the photos are already on our website. Your your son's seen them all. Everybody by you has seen them. It was on there by two o'clock yesterday afternoon. That's only because I don't matter you use Well, have, 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 have a word with your son and daughter-in-law because they've both been been, been on there. Um, there's some photos on there of the day and a little and 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 a, and a few comments and uh, on that there web that. Radio Newark Facebook page. Face thing, yeah. Yes, face, that face thing. <laughs> yeah. Facebook, put Radio Newark in there, and um, just scroll down a little bit till yesterday afternoon, and you'll see it all. All right, mate. All right, Paul. Thank, Thank you. you. Very much. Thanks. Bye-bye. It's on that face thing, Yolf. Yeah. It's only just discovered showers. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Right, cap- there's a wonderful... Um, paper comes out every sunday called the non-league paper um mm. just want to read you this one because i know sometimes you don't agree with the fa but this is a letter that, that, that that's do you mean sometimes this is a letter <laughs> that that's coming my local team Welling garden city have been deducted a point and fined 250 pound for fielding an illegible player in the nil nil draw against aylesbury united in january nothing unusual about that you'll probably say but in this case the crime was playing three youth experienced players in the same team when the limit is two. This was due to our manager being sacked and subsequently persuading every player bar three to walk away from the club with immediate effect. As a result, we couldn't get a team together in time to play Peterborough Sports, resulting in another fine of £500, of which we can ill afford. Could I suggest the administrators consider alternatives to find into these circumstances without putting clubs' futures at risk, perhaps, say, giving the free use of their pitching facilities to a charity match, whatever, for the bottom bit. But the fact, So they got fined £500 for not playing a match. Then they cobbled a team together four days later to play a match, but they played three youth team players in it when they're only allowed to play two. So they got fined another 250 quid and got deducted a point sometimes whatever you do you can't win well <clears throat> it's very very easy to find teams for not going along to the letter of the law but it's not always easy to find teams as the newark alliance have been finding out over the last two or three years the quicker the fines but you know when teams are dropping by the wayside in football I think people should start doing things with common sense you rather know, I'm than I'm on that one. It's, it, it's not Welling's Garden City's fault. It, 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 it's happening for a while. Either give them a breathing space, which you decently would have done. Say, OK, just take a couple of weeks to get yourselves organised. Or say, the opposition don't mind that you're playing a load of youth team players. If they can't beat a blue, you know. Um, it's common sense, isn't but it? But would, would, would any league 
deploy common sense? Yes, or, would, or would they all go by the law books, the mm, rule books? Well, I'd like to think some of them out there that I've worked with in the past would deploy mm. common sense, but I'm not too sure in this day and age. I'm, I'm really not. Anyway, before you say anything uh, that you shouldn't say, no, no, I'm going to press this. No, there he goes. I was just about to tell the world that our telephone call um, takes place at the same time as bedtime story takes I place. I the last one out the bat, sorry. Bedtime story <laughs> is much more important than our, our phone call. So, uh, is the family sorted? We're all sorted, Mick, more yours. Excellent, that's wonderful. <laughs> Um, another three points, and uh, most importantly of anything, that three points elevates you to the Grand Heights of fourth in the National Runners-Up League in Step 6 football. Yes. Um, so that that's even better. And I think that was the potential banana skin on Saturday due to the fact that um, the complete back four had to be changed, uh, those weddings and unavailabilities and suspensions and everything sort of come together on on saturday so let's start craig if we can with mm-hmm. um your new back four for the day and i thought all four of them performed wonderfully yes i'm very pleased with the back four and the way they performed see um like you said tom potts served his last last ban of a, of a three-match suspension um will roden suspended Sol was away uh, with the family um, so I just left Jared Russell the survived from the previous week so uh, Jammy did a job for us at centre back and a very good job he did um, so that versatile he can be um, Kirky slipped in at uh, centre back and you know him and Jammy between them uh, were very solid back there and uh, Riley Thompson who's had, a, had minutes here and there and been waiting patiently for the opportunity did very well and looked solid at left back so uh, it was very pleasing to get a clean sheet I've gone on and on this season about Jamie Lloyd and I'm going to do it again tonight because um, he's the best Newark player, the most versatile Newark player I have seen since I used to watch John O'Anley week in week out and when John O'Anley got his footballing head on you could move John O from midfield to centre half and you knew very well that he would do you an absolutely cracking job you put Jammy at centre half. He had the captain's armband on. He never ever stopped talking. He's the only person I know who can get the last word with Kirke. It's brilliant. <laughs> um, he never ever stopped talking, encouraging, chatting away for the whole of the ninety minutes, and still did yeah. a wonderful job at centre half. I tell you what, and I'm, I'm biased. I know. If anybody else gets player of season at your club, they. And well must deserve it. That lad has had a tremendous season for somebody who didn't think he was going to be good enough and wasn't really bothered at the start of the season. Yeah, he's done superb. Um, like I say, just comparing him to someone like John O, obviously his accolade for him alone. Um, Jamie, you know, he's, like I say, from the start of the season, there's always questions, can he step up and play at step six because he's not good before. And he just answers the questions every week. And, you know, he's he's been a credit to himself and he's been a huge asset to us. As, as a team and um, you know he's proved himself as one of the most important players on the, in the squad for sure but when I was trying to work out if you'd even got 11 fit players there mm. Danny Meadows runs out on the pitch I'm back yes. I'm fit I'm ready and I think that cheered everybody up straight away yeah massive boost for everybody to see Meds back in his shirt um, you know, he's been working hard behind the scenes trying to shake this knee injury off um, 
he's still got a little niggle with it, and but you know these can, these sort of niggles with his knee injuries can go on for a while. Um, but he's trained for the last few weeks. He's fully trained with the first team. Um, he felt confident. He put his thumb up as fit and available for Saturday. Um, so we gave him a start. We weren't sure how long it was going to last. <clears throat> but you know, it was uh, it was it was fantastic. He was uh, fit. He looked sharp. Didn't look like he'd been away, to be honest. And uh, very pleased for him to get the 90 minutes in um, without any any bad reaction to the knee, and also get on the goal sco- goal scorer's sheet for us. And another one of those half-time team talks, whereas inside the first, excuse me, inside the first 10 minutes of the second half, the game was won. Yeah, yeah. I think we started the game well. Um, for first 15, 20 minutes, um, it was one-way traffic, and uh, you know, it was unfortunate a couple of times. Hit the crossbar with an header after a really good move, and it was just one of them again where the ball gone in. You know, Belper set up same as a lot of teams I've done against us recently. With five across the back, being very tight, one up front, and just playing on the counter. And you know, the proof if you don't put them down, score, take your chances early doors. It proved difficult to break down, and uh, you know, we just have to be patient, keep doing what we're doing, and believe that eventually that the pressure had uh, had talent. It did. Two fairly local matches over the weekend, which, you know, if you take six points from them, then you're certainly guaranteed a runners-up spot. So, and that's a trip to Renniff on Saturday and West Bridgeford on, on Monday. So, uh, yeah. And one or, two, one or two names back in the frame. Yes, yeah, obviously this weekend is, uh, well, it's, it's enormous, it's massive. We can't describe how big this weekend is. Two games in the space of three days, um, which will seal the fate till the end of the season. Um uh, it's tough playing, just having one day rest, so hopefully we'll get through Saturday and we've got everyone fit, ready for Monday. So it's going to be a tough, very tough game at Wes Pritchard on the Monday. Um, but like you just said, we've got quite a few players now returning from suspension. Um, people who was away last week, so we've got some selection headaches after the job that everyone did at Belper last week. So. <laughs> Best of luck to you. I don't know if you've seen this one, but this was a bit of breaking news I cottoned on to before I come down here, that AFC Mansfield yes. will be re- will be relegated from the Evo Stick Northern Premier League at the end mm. of this season. Uh, yep. The club has failed to meet ground grading requirements by the March 31st deadline and consequ- consequently have been placed in a relegation position in light of these events club as the football association requesting um, a place in step five of the national league system for next season you've worked hard all season i don't know what the problem is at um at their ground do you craig i don't know what the uh, what the problem is really but, um, obviously like you said i failed a, a ground grading uh, which is was a bit of a surprise i must admit and um, i'm not sure what's going off there behind the scenes to um, whether the well, they got the ambition to continue going on, or that league was too much for them. I don't know the ins and outs of it, but um, it was certainly a surprise. I think financially they're well supported. Um, whether it's anything to do with the fact that they rent the ground and they've got limitations of what they can do, I don't really know. But um, obviously the fact that they've gone automatic relegation uh, saved somebody else, perhaps folding from that league. So. And you could be playing AFC Mansfield yeah, next season. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm, funny old game, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Craig, best of luck over Easter. Um, Thank you. Make sure you find some time to buy some Easter eggs, won't you? <laughs> I will keep them sweet. Exactly. Because <laughs> you're not going to be seeing much of them. So um, <laughs> just make sure those Easter eggs are in place. Craig, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Um, we won't catch you next Monday. It's bank holiday, but we'll catch up with you. I'll message you. Okay, no problem. All right, thanks, Craig. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, bye-bye. That's... Uh, Craig Roach there, and it was a good performance, and it, you know it, 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 it was nice to see Danny Meadows back. But he, to me, 
it was all about Jamie Lloyd because every time I see Jamie Lloyd, I see John O'Anley. Mm, well, we, we sat together in the stand, weren't we? And uh, you came out with that line, which I immediately scribbled in my notebook. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> um, he, he, I can't even spell plagiarism. Come on! But he never, he never, he, he never shut up, and that's what you want. He was talking to him all the time, and uh, it was a fantastic performance. And one, you know, as I said, if, if anybody else is proud of the season at that football club. <laughs> he's done very well. Yeah, as, as you say, he was talking from the first minute to the last, and they probably only understood sixty-five percent of it. But you know, some of it must have sunk in. So I'm sure some. Of, I'm sure some of it. I'm sure some of it got there. <laughs> I, I, I really am. Right. Let's see if we can find um, um, our chief rugby correspondent. Good um, lord! Is it that time, um, Mr. Rob Wildman? So, uh, what do I want to do? I'll press this, shall I? Radio Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. with Mick and Tony. Radio Newark, the home of Newark Sport. Missed one of our shows? Don't forget you can check out the podcasts and get the very latest sports news daily on our website at radionewark.co.uk. And one of those podcasts is the Dusty Air podcast, which has just gone on over the weekend. So if you want to have a listen to what Dusty had to say, then um, now's your chance. Radio New York website, menu, podcast, Dusty Air, and uh, listen to the thoughts of um, of William Henry, because some of them was, um, was interesting. I'm sure um, Mr. Wardman's had a listen to it. Good evening, Rob. Evening, folks. Yes, I did. Yes, no, it, it was... Typically dusty. <laughs> yes, it was. He, uh, there was um, one opinion was asked for. It was certainly given. Yes. <laughs> um, so you can give one now. What the heck went wrong on Saturday? Good question. Um, they hired a bus, so they went by bus to the team. But um, you know, to coin a phrase, um, they didn't quite get off the bus, and we lost twenty-seven forty-seven to a team that's finished bottom. Um, so it was a hard pitch. Um, and overall, it was a poor performance. Um, and, and such was the nature of the game, um, fluctuating game. Um, we could easily have won. Um, even at half-time, when we were down, we were, uh, just looking at my notes, we were 15-26 down at half-time. Again, again, we could easily have won. We, did, we just needed a bit more composure, a bit more purpose, a bit more thought, a bit more everything. So it was a thoroughly... Uh, average day out at Ashby, um, and when we lost out by you know, seven tries to four, and uh, we, we came away with a, a try bonus point. Tries came from uh, James Brogdon, the flanker, Will Britton, captain. We got a penalty try. Such was our strength up front. We actually got a penalty try for um, our scrum pressure in the first half, um, and at the start of the second half, we again we had tons of ball and uh, chances and. Um, my word, we, we, we just couldn't finish off in a dreadful sort of ten-minute spell just after half-time. We, we could have scored two or three tries. Uh, in the end, our final try came from wing Reese Overland. So, uh, no, a, a thoroughly um, mediocre performance. And uh, end of our league season, as you, as you were saying earlier, Mick, and we, we're now uh, that, that leaves us in eighth position in the league overall. Yeah, it's um, curious. It's a sort of season into as good and, and as bad the, the main question is did, did anybody get themselves injured say no please yes unfortunately um 
I don't, I don't quite know what's the state of the uh, of the wounded tonight. I know Kent Birch came off with a nasty. Uh, I think he's got a broken toe uh, or a broken bone in his foot. Um, so he's hobbling about, and also Sam Booth came off with a leg injury. Al Scrum half who scored tries yes. in successive games against um, Southwell and the one at home last week against Ashbourne so he, he came off as well so I'm not too f- he had a leg injury and so did I think Kent had a the centre had a had a foot injury maybe a, b- a broken bone in his foot so, so maybe the three week rest has got now before the cup final I think those two won't be playing those two are out it's just a little bit you know, we're having to wait for the cup final as we were saying last week it's, it is looks definitely on Saturday May the 4th um, it's been shunted back a week because of casuals um um, outstanding league games so it's a 2pm kickoff Saturday May the 4th against Casuals at Kellam Road in the Knotts Links and Derby Shield competition which is the, the secondary competition to the uh, um, the main cup competition Will they rest up before then Rob or will there be a friendly of some description or no, a run out be or? Rest- we, uh, it's very difficult to organise friendlies so no there'll be no um, uh, be no actual game I, I think they are obviously planning to train but no it won't be a friendly game now okay um well we're not here next monday because the only other game we have senior rugby is a a cup final for the, the third team that they're, they're going over to lady bay in nottingham the old boots ground where um i think it's called the nottinghamshire sports ground now that they've, they've got a, a nottinghamshire cup game on sunday april 28th Yes, Sunday, April twenty-eighth. Where again, the opposition is Casuals. So we're, we've got a double header against Casuals over two weekends. Oh, that the season off. That'll be um, excellent um, if we can couple of those two more trophies in to go with the two that's there already. No, it, it'd be good end of the season. It, it's a pity that we're having to wait, but uh, it, it can't be helped. It's a disaster having to wait, but there you go. Um, Right, a few weeks ago, we asked for your greatest I've been ever, avoiding it ever, since. <laughs> ever Welsh rugby union player, uh, of which it went on the back burner because we all got very busy playing the game. Um, but the time's come that Tony and I are going to start putting this together and thinking about it. Um, now, I've got um, Gareth Edwards, JPR Williams, Barry John, Jonathan Davis. I'm sure you've got an awful lot more than that. So, Rob, um, we need your guidance um, because we can only have one in this list of great Welsh rugby union players, and the one is going to be well. Um, I came into rugby at the back end of the great Welsh era. Um, people think we, if you, a little bit of history. Obviously, in the seventies, Wales dominated um, the, the then Five Nations competition, uh, and that was a great team of, of other people. You just said Gareth Edwards and Barry John. Um, JPR, John Dawes, all those kind of, Gerald Davis, you know, you, once you start, you can't stop. So that was a great, great period of Welsh rugby. And obviously, um, they've, won, what, they've won two Grand Slams now under um, Gatland. Um, so I, I, I'm going to go for the one player uh, I did see play in the flesh. I saw him play at Leicester when he was playing for Neath as a fly half. And then I was lucky enough to go uh, with my um, my father. We went one Sunday afternoon. We went to watch Warrington play the Kangaroos or the um, the Australians. 
and he started at 10, and it was, of course, Jonathan Davis. So I am plumping for Jonathan Davis because he was the player I actually saw twice. I saw him play at Leicester with, when I was part of the Leicester Mercury reporting team, and he had a fabulous game that day. And then about two, two or three years later, he... he um, he turned professional, as they say in those days, and he, he joined Warrington, and one of the first games he played, well, it must, perhaps it was about a year into his league career, and people forget how successful he was at league, Jonathan, and um, I saw him play at standoff or fly half, whatever, whatever you want to call the position, in a rugby league game uh, between Warrington and, and, the, and the touring uh, Kangaroos, way back in the, oof, probably, the, um, probably something like the 87, 88 forget the year but uh, Jonathan Davis is my pick that might that ignores 20 years of great Welsh rugby and all the all the all the glory glory boys and uh, obviously if you go back and look at the videos there's some classic videos of Gareth you know and uh, Barry John um, who had a quite a short career in rugby union but there are still if you, people go on the BBC Wales um, Twitter handle or BBC Wales website and there's some fabulous videos of uh, all those great players, but uh, I'm going for the one player I actually saw play, and that was Jonathan Davis. Good pick, and we'll go along with that. Rob, enjoy Easter, and we'll, um, I'll be in contact, because we're, not, we're obviously not here next Monday night, oh, yeah. and uh, you've got two or three weeks off until we get to that big cup well, final. I'm not changing my phone number, you'd be pleased to know. I shall find you, don't worry. Really? really? <laughs> okay, no, so yeah, it's a quiet, um, quite a spell. We, we've got no rugby over the Easter period, senior rugby, uh, I can't vouch for the, any of the other 20-odd teams we're playing, but uh, who, who played at Kellam Road. Um, but uh, week, week on Sunday, April 28th, um, it's a third-team cup final over at Lady Bay, and then um, Saturday, May the 4th, it's the NLD Shield at, at Kellam Road, kick-off 2pm. Big match, big, big match. Rob, we'll be in touch before then, I've no doubt. Right, thanks, folks. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye-bye. So, Mr Smith, Jonathan Davis is Rob's pick for the um, rugby player and when we talk about it in depth we'll move that one um, forward a little bit um, as I said with my first little reading out of the um, non-league paper really who would be a league administrator I talked to you last week didn't I about the Concord Rangers Truro match <laughs> yeah okay so the National League have ruled that Concord Rangers will have to make the 600 mile round trip to Truro City again tomorrow to replay their abandoned league fixture. The clash last weekend at Truro's ground was stopped after their midfielder fractured um, his, his shoulder and couldn't be moved off the pitch until an ambulance arrived, which took two hours and 40 minutes. Concord led 1-0 when the incident happened with 15 minutes of the match to go. Um, because the security went home at six o'clock, they couldn't continue um, the game. So a subcommittee have determined that no club was at fault and the match has to be replayed, which, you know, yes, it does have to be replayed. I think that's... Yeah, Truro need the points to avoid relegation. Concord <laughs> need the points mm. to get into the playoffs. And that one, Tony, is an absolute no-win situation for the league because apart from anything else, they can't say to Concord, we'll rearrange it for a Saturday in two months' time because they've only got two weeks to go and the season's finished. Yeah, but you were telling me that most of the Truro players come from the Devon area. Well, there is that option, yes. Play so it. they could yeah. have moved it to a neutral venue but where... why should Truro give up their home? Yeah, it opens a can of worms, doesn't it? 
It does, but I can't feel that... Uh, I can't help but feel that Concord have been rather dumped on in this situation. I think they have, but it's just... It's unfortunate for them that they're going to have to take what is no doubt going to be a weakened team to play that game that was winning 1-0 with a quarter of an hour to go. But, you know, these guys are playing two levels below Football League. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, you know, it, it's... I, I really don't... It's the same division as what Torquay, where professionals have just got promoted from. So if you want to play up that standard, do, have you got to put yourself out? Or uh, is it too far to ex- expect teams to travel? Well, I think if you're going to be called Concord, it's never going to be plain sailing, is it? So, shall I get my coat? I would, actually, yeah. because yeah. It's, that's not a deal with boats at all, is it? <laughs> really. It's actually a flight of fantasy. And this is... Um, very sad moment in in the season because it, it's probably the last time for this season we're going to talk to Paul Halfpenny but once I started saying that I thought no you idiot it's not because uh, he's going to talk to us again because he's got a massive great Midlands finals match for his um, his juniors and we're not letting that one go without reporting on good evening Paul good evening Mick uh, waffling away there but right um, I'm going to get straight into this because we said we was going to do this last week and we never did um, a season review starting with uh, ladies ones which finished in mid table, ladies twos which got promoted, a ladies threes which stayed in the division, which is what you wanted, and probably more remarkable of anything in this day and age, you actually got enough players to get a fourth team out. Um, so I don't think it's a bad season in all. But what does Paul Halfpenny think? Over to you. Yeah, it's a pretty good season, um, and that last comment that you made about getting teams out, it was um, it was an odd season, sort of um, moving players around in the, within the top two, three teams, but um, I think most of the weeks, the, the fourth team had an abundance of players, in fact, too many players, but um, sadly, a lot of, of players who just probably weren't good enough to make that step up to the third team and a lot of youngsters making their debut <coughs> playing in a, um, a full women's league so um, yes we had plenty of players for the fourth team and, and on occasions you know we, we started scratching heads thinking do we need a fifth team but um, I, th- I think that's jumping the gun a little bit <laughs> um, and, and in all honesty I, th- I thought on paper that they might do better than than what they did um, and, and I suppose that that is probably the, the, the only disappointment of the season. As far as the ladies are concerned, I, I thought they'd be up there uh, battling for promotion. But, you know, a lot of talent coming through, and, and they'll have the day. They will, they will have their day when uh, we get enough talent there at, at the same time to actually push them push them forward. Um, ladies threes, it was going to be a tough season. We knew it was going to be a tough season. Um but less of them, they battled and battled, and, and some of the games where we'd written them off, they, they came through and, and got something out of the game and, and survived relegation. Um, two's managed to get promoted. Tough, tough season there. Um, some outstanding performances from them, notably the, the game against the Uni, 5-5. It was, um, wow, what a game. And, and, of course, like you mentioned, New York Ladies ones. Reasonable season, um, some very, very good performances. A bit disappointing, I think, that one where we, we dropped two points against Market Harbour. That, I think that would have been a true reflection. I think finishing sixth instead of seventh and, and being truly mid-table, I think, would have been a really, really good result for this season. But 
we're level on points, so uh, with Melbourne with just above us. So, yeah, quite satisfying and, and lots to build on for next season. I think that you've already mentioned, I, I, I've got it in my sort of yearly notebook, that the performance of the year right across the ladies' section was a remarkable 5 or draw against the university. Uh, all the teams, all the performances, I'm putting that one down as the one, the top one of the season. Well, that, that's the one. That's the one that got them promoted. Um, <laughs> they pulled all the stops out to actually do that. And, and bless them, you know, it was really, really good performance. And, uh, and from all accounts, an enthralling one as well. So uh, I wish I could have been there. For a long time, it didn't look like the men was going to have anything to shout about at all. But 2019 seemed to do something for the men's ones. And they well and truly kicked into gear and as such that future looks bright the men's twos i think we agreed on day one that there was probably in the wrong division and that's what we found out um so your take on the men yeah it was um a poor first half of the season underachieved i think probably too many youngsters trying to play at the same time <clears throat> in experience um and I, I think the recall of of steve littlewood and john reynolds um, made a massive difference their experience their tenacity um, it, it gives the youngsters something to look up to and, and, and to try and copy um, and it was it was an amazing uh, second half of the season and when you think that when they played the University of Nottingham who won that league by a country mile with a mere one minute to go they were winning 2-1 uh, and it was just a bad pass from, from one of the defenders straight to their centre forward that, that basically dropped them two points. They, they've had some remarkable victories um, this, this, this year, this start of the season. Um, and it, it, looks, it looks good going into next year because obviously the youngsters that have now been blooded are a year older and a year stronger come next season. So, um, yeah, I've, I've, I would expect Newark to be up there battling for promotion next year. And that, um, okay, I could leave us the over 35s and the over 40s and all that, but what I want to go on to now is um, is the youngsters, because their season hasn't finished yet. That's right, but if I could just mention the twos and men's twos and threes, um, the twos put some good performances in and, and impressed a lot of teams. And, and like I've said before, the youngsters are going to be year old, a year stronger in the twos. And I think they will, will find their level next year, as will the third team, who didn't in the end, finished bottom of the league. Um, they finished next to bottom on six points, above Colville, who were um, had points taken away, points deducted. So, um, a, a really good season, really, for the threes. They, they, they had a good 2019 as well. So, um, Not yeah, helped by your injury. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so plenty of optimism on my injury and on the <laughs> performance of the you know, threes for next season and, and hope we can start climbing through the leagues just like I think the men's ones will do. But, yeah, quite rightly, on to the youngsters. Um, <laughs> I think one of the worst training sessions we've ever had on Sunday with, with that group, uh, the under-12 girls. Um, last one before the actual tournament itself <laughs> they were awful so i'm hoping they've got that out of their system um 
and I'm hoping we can uh, actually put a good performance together. We've got a decent draw, so um, we take on the likes of Belper and Litchfield, and uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember who the other team is, but um, we, at least we don't face Repton and we don't face uh, Beeston in, in, in the first round of matches, so, so that's uh, all good. It most certainly is. You certainly don't want to re- sort of get Repton until you can actually get there, do you? Well, I don't know how good they are. It's, I know how good their senior teams are, but, you know, this, this we're talking prep school age here. We're not talking full Repton. So I've absolutely no idea how good they're going to be. I mean, obviously, they're, they're fairly decent to actually get there in the first place. But, you know, I'm sort of comparing them against Beeston, I, I just don't know. I, I really, really don't know. So... So I just have to feed back on that one. That's on the 27th, isn't it? It's the, yeah, it's, it's the last... It's that weekend, in, isn't it? Uh, in, in April, yeah, so... Well, we we um, we must talk to you again after that to find out how, how they got on. And, and and, so it's an away day, it's a... The club are no doubt but uh, putting on a nice expensive coach for you all to go on and it'll be a, it, it'll be a lovely day. <laughs> expensive coach. I think not. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that, shall we? <laughs> I, sh- I shall trundle off the in my van. I yeah. Paul, we'll catch you again in probably a couple of weeks' time, but I'll, I'll be in touch. I'll look forward to it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, the wonderful Mr Paul Arpon. It just leaves me time, Tony, to quickly um, tell you some of the football stories that I picked up over the weekend. And this one is a rumour. Absolute, total rumour that Southall City have applied to play at the Sports Village um, while they get a new ground built where the youth teams play, you know, halfway between Southall and, yeah. and, and Fiskerton because they obviously can't go anywhere on the, mor- on the memorial ground. Um, they can't get promotion step six on that, so the club is dormant. So the rumour is they've applied to play on the Sports Village... I've got very mixed feelings about that one. Great. It is a rumour. Well, if... But it's from a decent source, but it is a rumour. Going on the rumour, that would be great for the club that they are looking to progress. But how tremendously sad for old gits like us that uh, they're leaving the Bishop's Drive behind. Yeah, but we've got no choice have they? No, they've got no choice but I've got so many fond memories yeah. mainly revolving around a great man with John Campbell I mean we, we must see where, where where that one goes but they can't build as a club no when they can't go anywhere and and from that point of view great but uh, 75% of my enjoyment of sport is tradition and history mm. and, and to me Southwell City will always be Bishop's Drive so we we will see. Uh, North Northern Counties East League where flow serve may or may not be next season. Um Worksop are the champions, so that's a club that went down very, yeah, very quickly. Yeah. Um and they've turned it round. New owners, new money, new whatever. But they are the champions and they are now moving into Evo Stick football. Grimsby Borough are promoted into the Premier Division. Now, Grimsby Borough, I remember both Norktown and Flosser playing in the Central Midlands not that many years ago. And mm. um, they are going to be in Step 5 football. While Ollerton went to Harworth and won 1-0. That was really a basic of a match that whoever won it stood a damn good chance of stopping up. And, Ald- and Ollerton's victory... Um, does ensure actually they do retain their step six status for another season because it would be a bit of a disaster for Ollerton to fall back into 
yeah. into Central Midlands football, because, really. Because they have worked very hard they, to get they, where they are. They, and they have in the Evo stick East, Morpeth for the champions. Now, this is an interesting one because Morpeth from the Northern League, who for years and years and years never wanted promotion, but now they've got to have it. They've gone from state, straight from step five, which is what the Northern League is, to step three. Bang, bang, straight up there. Crowd of just under a thousand. Um, Watch the last, watch the last game. So you know it's there if, yeah, if these clubs can want it. The other end, Spalding and Wisbeach, two localish teams. Towards are in relegation trouble. The former could drop out of the league if Carlton win their game in hand. If Carlton lose their game in hand tomorrow night against Loughborough Dynamo, the team that scraped past past Flowserve in the Notts Cup, um, will be relegated to the same standards of football as Flowserve next season. <laughs> when I saw a Carlton. They probably are the same standard. Um, yeah, because in that cup match, Fluss have battered them. Unfortunately, Carlton took their chances we didn't. Hmm. And that's what happened in the second half. We're calling them under-18s, and that's the, 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 what Paul Hyde says about cup football. One's as good as ten. Yeah, but it's, uh, you know, I mean... If the opposition don't score and you've got one, you're in the next round. Well, if if if, if you and uh, Paul get on that face thing tonight, there's some very interesting pictures with that from that final. <laughs> that face thing, brilliant. <laughs> in the National League, it really is sort of talk here, promoted from the South Division back into the National League, but in, it's between Leighton Orient and Salford City. So on one hand, you've got <sighs> Tony's tradition, an old-fashioned <laughs> grand, an old-fashioned club, fell on hard times and are really, really trying to get themselves back on limited yeah, budget. But, but and on the other hand, you've got Salford City with a fantastic new stadium, countless millions in the di- in the director's lounge, all on the back of a whim of five people to get them into the league. So are you a traditionalist or are you in the... Money, m- money makes the world go round. Well, I am very much in the northern camp on this uh, stuff, Leighton Orient. You see, you've just sat there and told us ninety <laughs> percent of my football is the traditionalist, and the now you've gone who cares? inside five minutes. You've completely <laughs> contradicted yourself. Hundred percent contradicted, uh, contradicted yourself. No, you just made it geographical. Dear, oh dear. So you want Salford to go up? Yeah, I want Leighton Orient to go up because I'll stick by my tradition. I'm not, to, I'm not like him. <laughs> really, really. All, uh, all the same, you cockneys. Tomorrow night, um, Professor Peter Davis, MBE, is he? He's um, coming into the oh, studio good luck. That is, to, is, to is. talk um, Newark Park Run, amongst other things. I'm sure there'll be a lot more to talk about. And on Wednesday night, David Pipes, CCC, is coming into the studio, Coringham Cricket. Club. I, I don't want to be ungrateful to Peter, but I hope he doesn't bring any more medium T-shirts in for me. Well, I think the idea is you stitch them together. <laughs> <laughs> Few more, and you'll just about get there. <laughs> See you tomorrow, folks. Aidy Crampton is back next. We are-